0: I'm David Belson.
1: And I'm Rachel Redan.
0: And this is the Branding London Podcast.
1: The first season is brought to you by Libro Credit Union, a group of epic humans focused on increasing prosperity in Southwestern Ontario. They've just launched a new campaign, My Life Here, which fits the theme of this podcast quite nicely. To learn more, go to libro.ca slash here.
0: Today we're talking with sue wilson from the sisters of st joseph uh, the sisters of st joseph is a not necessarily a well-known organization but they do a ton of work in the community and have really been a catalyst for change in the uh, social innovation space helping to uh, get some projects started like innovation works and some other amazing things in our city so can't wait for you to learn more from sue and about what the sisters of st Joseph are doing in our community she's uh you know sort of an epic human for sure and uh can't wait for you to hear uh, her story First is Rachel with the Land Acknowledgement, and then we'll have Sue.
1: We would like to acknowledge the history of the traditional territory and honor the long-standing relationships of the three local First Nation groups of this land and place in southwestern Ontario. The Ottawandaran peoples once settled this region alongside the Algonquin and Haudenosaunee peoples and used this land as their traditional hunting grounds. The three long-standing indigenous groups of this geographic region are the Anishinaabe, the Haudenosaunee, and the lenni Lenape peoples. I'd like to recognize the three First Nations communities neighboring the city of London, Chippewas of the Thames First Nation, Oneida Nation of the Thames and Muncie Delaware Nation. We continue to honor the legacy of the space we're in by using the Roundhouse to tell stories, increase collaboration and work with our clients to improve human lives. We believe that telling the stories of our fellow Londoners will help bring us together to solve problems.
0: what's your name, position, and function within the Sisters of St. Joseph's?
2: Okay, so I'm Sue Wilson, um, and I work at the Office for Systemic Justice for Mm -hmm. the Sisters of St. Joseph's, and that's a mouthful. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, let's talk about what does that mean? What does systemic justice mean? Well, um, to put it in context, many of our sisters do direct outreach um, Mm -hmm. to people living on the margins. Um, Mm -hmm. They might be on the margins because of, Homelessness or mental health issues, poverty, Um, might be migrant workers, uh, refugees who are struggling. Um, Others uh, are involved in projects caring for the land and the watershed. Um, My job at at the Office for Systemic Justice is to take a step back um, and look at what are the root causes that are pushing people to the margins? Um, The root causes that are harming the the land and the water. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: And to to work with lots of other groups to identify leverage points for creating change. Um, That might be uh, uh, changing policies. Mm -hmm. It might be identifying institutional barriers, um, shifting mindsets, that sort of thing. So it's work that has to be done with lots of other groups.
0: So would you then be bringing these groups together? Do you participate with other groups? How does does Um, your role interface with making that systemic change?
2: Yeah, sometimes different groups come together around an issue. Um, But, yeah, sometimes uh, the Sisters of St. Joseph will host um, groups and invite them in to to look at a particular issue and, and how we might be able to collaborate to begin to address it.
0: So can you give me an example of an issue you're working on right now?
2: Um, well, uh, one of the things we, we did was um, to partner with King's at the, the London Poverty Research Centre. Um, so we now have a board and, and uh, um, we're collecting data in the city to, to make sure that we know exactly what it is that's, that's happening in the city. Um, but also it's a vehicle for um, amplifying the the voices of people who are living in poverty, so that we can understand what's happening from their experience.
0: So you work with a lot of people with lived experience and, and right. their messaging to the forefront. That's neat. Right. Um, so to, you know, give me a little bit. I, I don't know how many people know about the Sisters of Saint Joseph in in general. I know uh, I've only recently come to know your organization. So can you give me a little bit of the history and background? You know, from where it started to where it is now.
2: Right. So we, um, the Sisters of St. Joseph actually started in France in 1650. Um, we oh. have been in London for uh, this year marks 150 years. Okay. Um, so 150 years ago, uh, five women came to London and from Toronto, the Sisters of St. Joseph oh. in Toronto, and um, they started teaching. And after school, they would go out and uh, visit with families, um, reach out to families who were living in poverty, um, connect with uh, people who had been children who had been orphaned, Mm -hmm. um, uh, connect with uh, elderly people who who didn't have the supports that they needed. Um, Mm -hmm. So, very slowly over the years, actually not that slowly, but it ended up creating. um, we worked in institutions we built up institutions um like hospitals mm. uh, uh care for the elderly that sort of thing
0: so the you correct me if i'm wrong but you know the uh, st joseph's hospital was the organization involved with that's that. right
2: yeah, yeah we, we got that running yes
0: so uh right. you know it's one of those things you know you, you don't think about but you look at that great hospital institution it yeah. can trace its roots back to five women Starting, That's right. Yeah, starting to stir things up here yeah. in the community, in um, the organization. Now you mentioned your branch. Uh, what about some of the other areas? Uh, maybe we already kind of covered that, but I want to kind of put a, a, a more finer point. You know, system, uh, social justice. I know there's some sisters looking at education. I think um, reform, or maybe it, that project had ended. But
2: yeah, certainly our history has been in education, um, as as well as healthcare. Um, we have tended to move out of our institutional settings um, over the last few decades, um, and again, part of that is is uh, to c- kind of reach out to people who, who are not being reached, um, and also I think there's a sense that uh, institutions like hospitals are are um, you know fundamentally government responsibilities, mm-hmm. um, and so. Uh, it's, it's great to st- start things and shift them over to where they belong mm-hmm. um, and, and then uh, you know what are the other needs in the city? so this is so. it fair to
0: say then that you you know your organization over its 150 year history you know has identified a need has put the places in to meet those needs but then as soon as it's sustainable, go find a new, a new need. Exactly I mean, yeah.
2: exactly. Yeah.
0: So when we uh, so you know, we talk uh, yeah. through this series about innovation, um, you know, I would assume that um, your organization innovates in in maybe some ways that you would normally maybe consider innovation or innovative. You know, uh, but I wanted to ask you um, and what your definition of innovation is and where you see innovation happen at, at your organization.
2: Mm-hmm. So, I guess I I tend to think about innovation uh, in terms of the the hard behind-the-scenes work that, that is necessary for uh, shifting from ideas to, to action. Um, so a lot of testing out of different models and, and seeing what works and what doesn't work. Um, I think uh, these days, um, one of the ways we try to innovate is by uh, working with lots of different partners now, um, partners that uh, in a lot of a partner like Innovation Works, you know, it's uh, obviously it's a it's a new project, so no one's been partnering with them before. But that's not the typical kind of partner that we might have had mm-hmm. um, in the past. So lots of different partners. Um, just the, what brings us together is is the concern around an issue. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so let's take Innovation Works as an example. Uh, what is the uh, what is the Sisters of St. Joseph? Uh, what kind of led you to the t- table to help support that initiative?
2: I think you know at, at our at our core um, we are about um, forming and transforming relationships mm-hmm. um, and I, I think that that speaks to a lot of what innovation works is about bringing people together um, and just seeing what kind of relationships develop and where they might lead. Um, so, we really see it as, as kind of a, a seeding of, of something positive in the city that, that um, can be a hub for change. Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, you, um, again, I don't know what, how much is, you know, what I know versus what uh, is in the, the public mandate or the, uh, but you seem to be also looking into showing up at social, uh, other social venture uh, capital. Uh, things like Verge and other funds where uh, you can invest in organizations that are also doing social impact so uh, providing capital and resources to initiatives that are maybe led by a different organization but you're kind of coming in to help fund and support that initiative is that a fair assumption or what, you know. Sure.
2: Yeah, and and I mean, I, I think I would look to um, the the recent Verge announcement around um, impact investing in affordable housing. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe so you can,
0: for those that aren't familiar with it, I you know, one of the challenges I have with these interviews is I I you know you can say that to me and I totally understand what you're talking about, but if somebody hadn't heard of that initiative, maybe you could explain what that is and where Sister's involvement is
2: in that. Right. So so Verge is. Um, Collecting funds for uh, a different kind of investing. So investing um, not so much in the company that's going to bring in the the biggest return, um, but in companies that are going to have a positive uh, social and environmental impact. Um, And so this this project around affordable housing, one of the things I like about it is the way that it brings together um, partners that you might not necessarily... Think about being in the same room. Um, traditional charitable organizations, uh, a credit union, um, an affordable housing uh, initiative uh, group working on that initiative. So um, I think that that kind of thing is is really important, um, and and that it can uh, start to create some positive ripples. Mm-hmm. Um, at the same time, um, I I think a uh, Another perspective on it is, is that um, projects like that are kind of, they can help a small group um, and have a, a, a certain impact, but affordable housing is something that everyone needs, mm-hmm. right? So I think one of the, the challenges that is going to grow out of an initiative like that is how can we as civil society start to challenge the government to be more effective in providing um that, that basic uh, uh, resource that, that everyone needs and, and that is so essential to just being able to participate in society.
0: Uh, sounds like you're maybe going down the social um, justice route, which I, I love. It. Is there a, um, you know, I assume that housing is a core function in people's ability to uh, have a, a meaningful life in the sense that if you don't have a house, it's hard to have some of the other High quality of life. Do you see the uh, sustainable housing or affordable housing initiatives as a key focus to an anti-poverty strategy, or is it one of the one of the solutions? And there's other ones that have to come into play along.
2: along yeah, I mean, I, I would say that it's one of the key pieces. It's certainly an important pillar, um, but uh, it, it's it's not the only one. So, what would
0: be um, the other important pillars? That
2: um, well, you know, uh, food security mm-hmm. um, uh, uh, need. Uh, a living wage job, mm-hmm. you know, a decent job. Um, th- those are kind of the, you need uh, health care, um, pharma care, the, the, mm-hmm. k- the kind of things that if you don't have them and and a situation comes up, um, it can totally throw your life off the
3: rails. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. That's, you know, when you look at the the, the benefit of, um, you know, OHIP and, and Social medicine, socialized medicine, you know, uh, there's a great quote from, I think it was Sicko as a Michael Moore documentary, where uh, one of the original people that brought the system into the UK was talking about um, how, you know, when you're on your, you know, your back feet or you're, you know, you're put on notice because you have a health care issue. It's like, that's the weakest that you'll be as far as if you look at it just from a pure economic lens. Uh, that's when society needs to get you back on your feet so that then you can return to being uh, you know as productive of a member of the, the system as mm-hmm. you can but mm-hmm. if you just let that fall off then you never have the opportunity to have that person contribute to society in meaningful way and that's a huge loss to society whether you look at it from an economic lens a cultural lens it just a human goodness lens there's no lens that you can look at that says losing a human being uh, for something that could have been solvable is a good is a good outcome
2: Exactly. And, um, you know, there, there's so much positive going on in London right now, but I also think that London is at a crossroads. Mm Um, we have, we were slow to recover from the last recession. Mm -hmm. Um, and we're at a point where, uh, many sectors in the city have recovered and are doing well and are getting the supports they need. Um, but we're also leaving a whole section of the city behind. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and that's the kind of thing that we're never going to be able to really flourish as a city um, if we leave a whole group of us behind.
0: So tell me about, say, you know, crossroads is an interesting um, analogy. What are the two different roads that you see? Uh, realizing that there's probably a, a spectrum of roads in between, but there's a there's obviously a prosperous moving forward crossroad and then not, I guess, reading right. between the lines, but can you maybe describe where you think the opportunity is and then where the risk is down the other path right. from what you see.
2: So, I mean, I think that there there is lots of innovation going on in the city. Mm-hmm. Um, there are social agencies. are finding ways to deliver services differently. Um, there are new business models. There's new ways of, of investing. Um, and the government has, has been really good about um, investing funds and infrastructure to build up innovation hum, mm-hmm. hubs, uh, but, at the same time, um, there, there, as, as I said, there's a whole sector. We, what we're doing is creating a, it's like a two-tiered economy. Mm-hmm. So we're supporting the economy that's flourishing, mm-hmm. um, and we're ignoring the part of the economy or the people um, who haven't been able to participate in the economy, who haven't been able to find that door in, um, and letting that part of our city languish. So that's the crossroads, um, and I really think that that this is the opportunity for civil society to to step in and and to first of all name what's going on, um, and and to to start to ask different kinds of questions um, to uh, to to make sure that we're challenging government to be involved. Um,
0: Can you give me an example? He's going to ask different types of questions, but what would be an example?
2: Yes. So um, I I guess Mm -hmm. one question would be, um, why is it that as a society and an economy we value, we put so much more value on someone who can take care of our software concerns than we do on someone who can take care of our elderly parents Mm -hmm. or our young children? Um, So, um, you know, we allow one sector to flourish, and and the other sector um, becomes precarious work. Um, yep. you know? It's interesting
0: because you're saying that in a room with, with back I know, developers I know. in the back, I'm kind of waiting for but somebody would, to throw uh, something at me. <laughs> but I think they can hear. No, but uh, I've heard the same. You know, a more uh, you know, a polarized or, or example, but you know, uh, we pay our people who build our bridges a fraction of what we pay sports athletes and yet we drive right. across those bridges every day um but even those you know those engineers are still paid well compared to right. somebody who's taking yeah. care of you know and um, right. in your example the people who are taking care of our parents or our elderly or those um, you know we, we probably want people who are intended to do a really good job exactly. in that space and, yeah. and we want right. them to have a you know great quality of life yet as a society we have deemed that less important from a, you know through our financial incentive, right, right? That's essentially what you know. I think you're saying,
2: right? So, so again, what what we end up with is this is this two tiered economy, um, and that leads to a two tiered society. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so most people, um, many are are flourishing, doing well, um, getting ahead, um, and then there's another whole section that that is being left out.
0: Yeah, no, and that's been um. Uh, One of the common themes that I've heard is that um, there's two different, uh, you you know, visions, I guess. And again, everything has spectrums, but there's, uh, you know, a a thought, which is that um, we can be a great city and acknowledge that we have work to do in certain areas. Um, There's another camp, which is... Uh, I would say in the minority, but I think it's something we, we need to listen to, which is to say we can't say that we're a great city if we have people in our city that are, are suffering or are not able to um, realize their full potential. So uh, on that spectrum, where do you think uh, our story is? Can we be a great city, recognizing that we have all the challenges that you see? Uh, or do we need to really work on those core issues and, and uh,
2: Um. To be I, I to guess be able to say that we're a great city. Yeah, I, I think to if we want to be able to say that we're a great city, we we need to make sure that everyone is included in that. I think while we leave a section of our our community behind, that that's never going to be true. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I by that I just mean that everyone needs to have access to those basic resources and opportunity that you need to participate in society. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know how. As a community, we could call ourselves great um, if, if that's the case, um, which doesn't mean that there are not a, a lot of great things going on in the city. Yeah. Um,
0: okay, it's, a, it's an interesting perspective, one that I've, uh, you know, on, on the journey through some of these interviews, uh, one of the I, um, guests, I think, you know, said that by projecting a, a vision forward or saying that we're a great city, it allows us to also, maybe uh more easily call out uh where things are not fitting that vision as well so if we want to say we are a world-class city where anyone can prosper uh it might make it easier for us to identify and say well this is you know this story this occurrence doesn't fit that narrative so we need to go fix it um a counterpoint was made that it could allow the city to gloss over those issues and say yeah we're great so we don't need to pay attention to this other stuff because look how great we are and in these other areas so i think there's a, there's a tension there that's really interesting
2: there there is a tension um and and the the concern is that it's it's too easy i think to point out all the wonderful things that are happening um and it's very tempting to just look there and not see the other. so um that's the challenge i think
0: great so um what is a a, a day in the life look like besides coming to podcasts how do you do (laughs) how do you do your work
2: uh well it's a lot of it is um collaborating with with other groups around uh, some of it is around poverty issues um uh some of it is around outreach to migrant workers Mm -hmm. um uh climate change issues um so uh, i collaborate with groups in the city but i also collaborate with groups on uh, provincial and and um a national level.
0: Um, a lot of different meetings and calls. And
2: right, that. and and uh, connecting with people who are on the margins so that we're understanding what's happening uh, from that perspective. Um, and, and really what I want to do is to be able to amplify those, those voices as opposed to um, speaking for other people. Right,
0: well, That's yeah. great. Um, we'll kind of talk a little bit about this, but uh, how do you see your organization Innovate?
2: Um, well, yeah, I think part of I
0: guess maybe is it do you consider it innovative? And then if if yes, how does it innovate?
2: Yeah, I, I think that I think we're um, we've been innovative or at least highly unusual in in the history of building up institutions and then letting them go. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, again, what what that means is that we're always moving to a new place to see what's happening from a new perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think that's a a key element in innovation that you need to see the reality differently, mm-hmm. um, so that would be one thing. I also think we're, we're pretty good at holding attention between um, supporting kind of local and particular innovations, whether it's the Verge mm-hmm. Fund, um, what's happening at Innovation Works. Um, we have a, a, a green building that is lead gold standard. Um, so. So, trying to make sure that there are are um, local that's the sisters
0: of Saint Joseph's buildings, right? Building
2: yeah. Yeah. right. So, trying to make sure that, that there are local positive uh, models of what can be, mm-hmm. um, and at the same time, we're trying to hold those very positive uh, particular models and examples in attention with a a bigger vision um, that's looking at at saying. Um, uh, all of these changes are not going to go very far if they're happening within a social and an economic framework that doesn't change. Mm-hmm. Um, so, what are those uh, bigger changes that need to happen? Uh,
0: oh, neat. Um, you know, we talked a little bit about Verge and we talked a little bit about Innovation Works, but, uh, and of course, your building. Uh, is there any other examples that you see in the city where innovation is happening?
2: Um well uh, as I, I see uh, social agencies mm-hmm. trying to deliver services differently mm-hmm. um, and and I think that's important
0: um, explain maybe differently as well.
2: Um, in in a way that is listening to the uh, to the needs of the people who are receiving the services mm-hmm. um, as as opposed to thinking we've got a good model here, let's let's do it. Um, let's switch the model around so that it is actually um, meeting the needs of the people. Um, so I think any changes in 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 uh, the way services are delivered uh, c- can be um, can have a huge impact on the lives of individuals. Um, and and again, those those things always need to be kept in attention with the the bigger picture changes that need to happen.
0: I know, um one of the big movements in healthcare is the patient centered health care. So right. I think what I'm hearing you say is the, the agencies are looking at more client focused. Right. Rather than focusing on what the system does, it's focusing on what the individual need is of that person.
2: Yeah, I, I think when our systems work well, that's that's what they're doing. Yeah. Awesome.
0: Uh, next question on the list was uh, you know, you're out in and about um, in various different communities provincially and beyond uh when you talk about london um do you think that london has an identity problem how do you talk about london when you're out uh, in other communities what do you say about us um
2: well um again coming at it from the the justice perspective that i am coming at it from i do tend to talk about london at a crossroads Mm -hmm. um uh, but i also think one of the um the the kind of leverage points that, that I would identify for us um, as a community is um, you know, how uh, companies like to use uh, London as, as um, kind of a test market. Mm -hmm. They like to test out their products here. Um, I think we should um, wear that as a badge of honor and, and take it um, and do something with it. And, and can we, can we make sure that London becomes a test market for new ways of responding to our social and economic challenges. Um, mm-hmm. um, I, I think that might, uh, that can be a narrative that, that would bring good energy uh, to civil society, certainly.
0: I think, uh, you know, if you look at it, one of my, when I had this, it was the, one of the things with a new baby at four o'clock in the morning, uh, <laughs> you know, rocking her back to sleep. It was really, uh, if you actually look at uh, some of the organizations that exist like pillar doesn't really exist in a lot of other communities mm-hmm. um, and look at what it's been able to, to do um, there's a couple other organizations like the child and youth network that's a collaborative network of 400 organizations right. there's an uh, the employment sector uh, council which brings together you know, I can't remember the exact number 25 plus uh, to have a common intake so that that system can move people around um, easier and they can share information easier, so if you're unemployed and you're, there's a better agency to, to meet the needs, they can move you around, um, just, you know, I, so I do see that uh, we're incredibly good at coming together and collaboratively problem solving and, you know, I actually think you might be right or onto something that the reason that we're able to do that is because if it works here, it can theoretically be replicated. Right. And in other, uh, in other communities. I guess you could also put a slightly negative slant on it that if it can happen here, <laughs> with, it, with all the different barriers and challenges that we have uh, from our geography right through to our demographics, uh, it could happen anywhere. In right, Canada.
2: yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I'm not sure that... Um, I guess I wouldn't want to look at it as a negative thing. Mm-hmm. I, I think that the fact that um, London is... Uh, is so typical, both in terms of its um, potential, its its capacity to pull groups together, um, to to connect across um, unusual sectors and combinations. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think that's not um, terribly unique, but I think it's it's critical mm-hmm. and it's in, important. Um, and if we're typical in that way, and and we can use um, what we learn. Um, to, to kind of create ripples of innovation. I, I think that's wonderful.
0: I would agree. That's mm-hmm. great. Um, the next question sort of follows in. You know, you mentioned London's at our crossroads. I mean, I think you've uh, hinted at what your answer will be, but I'll ask the question anyway. Um, is there something that London should be concerned about that we don't have an identity or don't have a vision for what our city wants to look like and we don't have a mechanism maybe to even pick which path of the crossroad we want to go down do you see that as a concern or do you think that's a normal everyday part of living in a, a city made of humans
2: <laughs> oh, that, that's a good question I I am um, I don't see it as as a huge concern I I think what we need is what we need first is focus mm-hmm. it's like what's the big challenge that we want to take on um and if the big challenge is to create a, an inclusive community. Um, then I think identity will flow from that. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll flow from that sense of purpose and and the focus in, in our work, and it'll flow because that'll be what brings groups together. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think civil society has has the key role to play there.
0: Awesome, I love the uh, the inclusivity focus. Um, you know, f- from your perspective, and you know, I, you know, you come out with certain backgrounds uh, and, uh, you know, experience in the social justice sector. But uh, if we wanted to look at building a more inclusive uh, society here in London, you know, what are some, some stages that those of us that are interested in that type of thing can, can do to help the city progress on that?
2: Um, you know, the, the really good timing here is um, a report just came out from the Mowat Centre This week, just a couple of days ago. Yeah. And it's looking at how capitalism can be more inclusive. Mm -hmm. Um, and there, I, I mean, it's so new. I've, I've only been able to kind of skim through it myself, but, um, you know, one of the, the suggestions there is that why don't we have bargaining across sectors, uh, rather than at, at particular places of employment. So for example, um, if the retail sector, uh, were to do collective bargaining mm. um that kind of shifts the power dynamics mm-hmm. in the city and and i think when you shift the power dynamics you create lots of opportunities for change and and for more inclusion um so i think it, you know at, at a very local level something like that um could have a, a huge impact is that one of the things we want one of the things we want to uh test out in our city mm-hmm. you know I'd, I'd love to be a uh, test market case for that.
0: <laughs> yeah, because we uh, London did apply to be a a pilot for the uh, universal basic income. Uh, right. Project. Yeah. yeah went to Hamilton um, instead, but uh, yeah, there are some interesting uh, interesting programs. I'll have to check out that report. You um, know, well, obviously, with our traction, my company being a, a B Corp, um, there's a belief that you know you can use structures of traditional business to to do good in, in a community yeah. um so i do think uh once we start to look at these types of of things you know we make sure that we're a living wage employer we we do all of these things that um you know without the the, the lens or the measurement tool of a b corp assessment would be easy just to even to simply forget about um there's some things that in that assessment process going through that you know we would score ourselves and we Would initially be able to 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 score the points, Um, but it was a relatively low effort to to make some some changes. You know, one of the things we get points for as a B Corp is sourcing from local vendors, uh, you know, uh, that are not um, you know necessarily big corporate conglomerates. Um, So you know, if you're bringing in catering, are you bringing it from a local restaurant, or are you bringing it from uh, you know a a larger uh, franchise? And you know, looking at how you can help your your fellow business owners in a local community by something simple like tweaking your um, purchasing policy and uh, you know it's interesting when you start to to look at that research um, in the data you know how actually helping everyone to prosper in a community raises the general right. prosperity level of everyone the rising tide lifts all boats kind of
2: Thing, so. yeah I, I guess i'm not a strong believer in the rising tide lifts all boats okay, um, with that. i do i do think that business has a, a critical role to play here mm-hmm. um and and i think that that uh what's happening around the, the b corp movement is 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 wonderful um it's just it it leaves too many people falling through the cracks mm-hmm. is is the problem so it's it's um um as that movement grows and, and, and becomes wider, mm-hmm. that'll be great. Um, and we need um, civil society uh, in there, and we need government at all different levels uh, in there doing what they need to do as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and again, for me, it goes back to um, there, are, there are lots of wonderful things that we can do at a local level, um, but that's always going to be limited depending upon the social and economic framework that we're in. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, we need to be looking at, um, and again, this is, a I think, a civil society role here, is is how can we be challenging our governments to negotiate uh, trade agreements that have really strong human rights elements mm-hmm. to them, that have really strong environmental protections to them? Mm-hmm. Um, how can we be innovative around uh, what we do with taxes, and and that may well have to happen on a global level. Yeah, um, so that businesses aren't just moving around to the jurisdiction that makes them happy.
0: That's the um, current problem. Is you know, yeah. if you look at what's happening with, in the states with some of their you know, tax changes. Um, you know, they're they're really stuck because uh, if they put in fair taxes, then the corporations can currently just you know, like Apple, I think, is legally headquartered in Ireland. Uh, yet right. most, if not all of its work is in California, but they avoid paying California taxes. Right.
2: So, yeah. And, and I mean that your example of what's happening in the States is, is important. I think, uh, you know, the other thing that's, that's going on is you have um, places like uh, uh, the teacher strikes in, in, in Wisconsin um, where taxes have been cut so low um, to, to try to draw in businesses that, you um, they've had to cut all kinds of programming and they've cut it out of education. Yeah. And, you know, now teachers are saying, there's nothing left to work with. We yeah. can't do this. Um, and, and the wider conversation that's happening there is, you know what, it's true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We've cut too much, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know? So, so we need those different kinds of conversations and that's the role of civil society to have those kinds of conversations to, to, to push for those, um, Again, really uh, big-scale changes that, that need to happen as well.
0: It was uh, I can't remember where I read it, but it was a fascinating case study on Walmart and uh, how Walmart, as it continues to sort of uh, decimate the local wage levels and communities it goes into, um, that their core customer is sort of the, the lower middle class. That When they go into a city, they go and wipe out. Um, so w- one of Walmart's core challenges is, uh, in this paper I was reading was talking about how uh, it has to actually move to be more upscale because the people that used to shop at Walmart can't afford to (laughs) shop at Walmart anymore. Uh, It's a fascinating, you know, to to lose sight of the fact that, you know, in a short term, we can make financial gains, like bringing a bunch of businesses to Wisconsin, as an example, because we lowered our taxes, but we then, you know, (laughs) remove our ability to produce a workforce, to work for those companies because there's no education there right in system so it's a short-term game for a long term
2: yeah and, and and the irony of it you know i heard a, a story where um walmart was you know so compassionate toward their employees that they had a food bank for their employees at walmart it's like oh my gosh <laughs> There's another way to solve that. But. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. It's interesting. Uh, so my last sort of wrap-up questions for the interview are: uh, Do you? Is there something I should have asked you but didn't? Uh, or is there questions that you have for me?
2: Um. No. I. I, I think. Um, we've hit on the the things that that I would have liked to hit on. Um. I. I just think it's wonderful that this project that you're doing. Yeah. Uh, I think the conversation itself is really important mm-hmm. that it is innovative you know yeah. that that conversation
0: itself and then it, it, so.
2: <laughs> it can be yeah, yeah, a vehicle for change so that's that's
3: wonderful
0: and uh if people want to find out more about your organization this is one of the things that i think uh you guys are, are really a, an untold story of um of, of innovation and success over the years 150 year history in, in mm-hmm. london is there a place that they can go to find out more uh
2: so the website uh csjcanada.org okay
0: Great. Well, thanks so much for coming in. Thank you. I appreciate your time today. Lovely conversation. Yep.
2: Thanks. it was great. Thanks a lot.
1: David and I have put our time into recording the Branding London podcast because we love this city and more importantly, the people in it. Our Traction decided to produce this podcast because this work is aligned with our core focus of amplifying great stories to increase relevance, impact, engagement, and momentum. If you'd like to support us, you can visit our Patreon at patreon.com slash brandinglondon. Your generous support will help us to promote this season into more channels so that more people can hear London's good news stories and it'll help us fund future seasons. To find recaps videos of some interviews, our Patreon link or more information about us and this podcast, you can visit our traction.com/podcast. Production assistance for this series was provided by Webisodes. Special thanks to Adam Kaplan for his help with recording the live streams and providing the audio from those interviews. We're also grateful for the technical production support of Michael Dales. Thanks for listening. Like what you hear? Subscribe to the Branding London podcast, like our traction on Facebook or follow us on Twitter and Instagram.